Welcome everybody to Papa Spice's Hot Takes with Hans and Harry. How's everyone doing today? Uh, Hans, how about you? How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Watched another another good Marvel series, so you know we're gonna we're gonna deep dive into it. So so far, Marvel's knocking it out two for two. And I'm just really excited to jump right into it. Yeah, I don't think there's any question that they uh, they put quality um, first and foremost. So. Uh, glad to hear you're doing good uh harry looks like you're coming from a dark cave somewhere <laughs> how you doing buddy <laughs> listen listen the uh the wife had some uh some friends over tonight so i needed to find a nice quiet place so i'm at my parents house so we're recording from a from a dark cave that used to be my old room so uh yeah that's that's a cool thing nice well glad you're doing good uh as hands kind of alluded to uh we are discussing the falcon and the winter soldier today yeah yeah so uh, very excited. Um, you know, we're just going to do a deep dive on the uh, the series as a whole. We're not going to necessarily go episode by episode, but just kind of touch on the points that that we uh, like or that stood out to us. So with that being said, um, you know, let's let's dive right in. And of course, spoiler alert, major spoilers here. So if you haven't seen if you're not caught up, if you haven't seen the show yet, whatever, go catch up or watch the show and come back. Give us a listen or a watch. Um, but kicking right off, man, it, it opens into some, uh, some heavy action with the Falcon versus the, uh, LAF forces. And, uh, I thought that scene felt very cinematic. Um, definitely felt like a part of the MCU. Uh, what did you guys think? Yeah, that, that, the, the quality, like, I feel like the quality of that is, is definitely like cinema, like cinema friendly in terms of like, I would have loved to see that in like an IMAX format and mm. like, just yeah, it, it just kind of just opens with like you're like, all right, uh, Falcon is is basically in the MCU like a B level character in terms of like a, he's just a supporting character. So it's like in order to kick the show off with just him right away and seeing like what exactly he can do and just to, and go like is he like he's still working for the government like whether or not like is he an Avenger like I kind of am not sure at this point, but he's still working with the U.S. military. But there's you learn a lot in those few those first few minutes of terms of like what his kind of like his suit can really do. And I, I thought it was a really good introduction to just bring him into like, just to kind of focus on the fact that he is the, going to be essentially the main character of the show. So, mm-hmm. um, but I thought it was great. Uh, you know, it sets up um, Torres as the, is it Torres or is it Ramirez? What's I forget is I, am I mixing that up? I think up? it was Torres. Is it Torres? Yeah. yeah. It's, it sets up Torres, like his relationship with, um, with Sam and then you have Batrock who comes back, who I, I and we'll mention him later. He's like the scarecrow of the uh, of the MCU where he just shows up and, you know, usually gets his, his butt handed to him. <laughs> so. Nice. What do you think? You know, I thought I was I was curious if the show was going to go in a, in a Mandalorian type fashion where it's uh, kind of an adventure every week uh, type fashion for the show. I think when the when the trailers or maybe it was that second trailer that came out, I could tell that it might be a little bit different. But um, I had a little bit of a concern because that's not always my cup of tea as much as I love Mandalorian. I was worried that it would just be, oh, here's, you know, Sam doing his adventure and Bucky comes along for one of them and they disagree on one of them. But uh, to when that first action sequence uh, kicked off with those two uh, fighting, that was, uh, was pretty dope. Um, some of the cool flight flight scenes and using Red Wing uh, was, was pretty fun. Um, Red Wing, didn't know he was so, so important to, to Bucky and such a nemesis <laughs> for him, but uh, really cool. 
side side note in the comics red wing is an actual falcon not a yeah. robot <laughs> yeah well that's what so, makes it so interesting <laughs> yeah i'm glad glad they got ai for this because uh, i don't think red wing would have held up too long in that fight um <laughs> But uh, so moving on from the um, opening action sequence, we kind of have Bucky trying to adapt to civilian life for the first time, which was uh, a pretty interesting look. Um, what did you guys think about that? I This was the most interesting, like kind of ask, like going into the show. Like I wanted to know the most about Bucky because he I, I I'm pretty sure in the one scene that he had with the therapist was more words that he's spoken in the entire MCU before this point, like in other, in all the movies, he didn't get a lot of, um, he didn't get a lot of kind of, I guess, story background in terms of like, or at least when he was on frozen after he stopped becoming the winter soldier till this point, because the poor guy, like basically every time he's around, like he has to fight someone, like he hasn't really seen like any kind of peace. So right, I think, yeah. and the fact that he got pardoned and, you know, the government was kind of like, all right, you, you had this like kind of dark past, but, you know, you, you've done enough to at least be able to be free now, but you, under our conditions, um, it was cool to see him like basically be in therapy and like try to adapt to just being a regular guy because he's not, he's not that soldier anymore. He's just kind of just a guy with a metal arm. Um, but you see like his relationship with, um, with some of the locals, like the, the father of the son that he, one of his missions. Um, I love that yeah, whole storyline. Mm-hmm. I love him trying to go out on a date because like, he, you know, he's basically like a hundred years old and doesn't know how to like, just have casual interactions. Um, but I thought that was really neat. And like I said, we got some, we we've gotten some Falcon background before from civil war and winter. So I'm sorry, um, from winter soldier, um, but, um, since then we don't really know too much about like how Bucky is, how he's doing now. So I, I was, I liked how they kicked it off with basically like him in therapy. Mm-hmm. Our thoughts or, uh, feelings on, on Bucky. Yeah. I mean, Bucky's been dealing with trauma. I think he says it in the episode for like 90 years or whatever it is. Um, you know, there's that great scene when he's with therapist and Sam, uh, I think it was episode either two or three, uh, when he, after he gets arrested and, you know, he has that moment where he's questioning kind of, you know, was Steve right, you know, wrong about, you know, if Bucky could be, you know, come back to Bucky and not be the winter soldier. Uh, so it was, it was nice to see his development, even in through Wakanda, you know, jumping six years back through there. Um, I, uh, I mean, my, he's, uh, he's definitely my wife's one of my wife's favorite characters. Cause she thinks he's, uh, he's handsome. Not as, not as much, not as good as Steve Rogers, but, uh, I, I definitely she's just in it for the eye candy, huh? <laughs> listen, listen, I, she's in it for Steve Rogers values too. Um, you know, as this, as this show dives into that, you know, there's never been another Steve Rogers, but, Bucky, for me, I, I wouldn't say, I mean, I know you guys ranked the Winter Soldier higher on your list than I did when we did our Marvel movie rankings as, as a favorite. Um, and I think that comes from kind of Sebastian Stan's, you know, performance, you know, with how well he plays the character. Um, so for me, you know, diving into Bucky's trauma was definitely an interesting thing for me. But I was, I would think I would say I would be more interested in, um, you know, Anthony Mackie and the Falcons, you know, kind of development of where he was going to go and how he was going to pick up the mantle or, you know, what he was going to decide to do. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the, uh, the Bucky struggles uh, were, were definitely interesting to see. Cause I think he's also used a little bit for comic relief with, you know, some of his one-liners with, you know, when, uh, when he's kind of like the straight man. 
Yeah, when Carly when Carly breaks uh, Red Wing because uh, you know mentioned in Red Wing earlier, uh, he's like, I've always wanted to do that as he's getting you know his butt kicked. Um, but yeah, I mean him and him and the Yuri storyline was definitely touching too. I mean they touched on the first episode and circle back towards the end, uh, which was you know nice to see. I mean it's a little sad that he kind of strung him along like that, but you know he's obviously dealing with you know all these heinous crimes that he's had to commit and try to be the person that he can be. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I really dug the Yuri storyline and uh, I thought that, you know, it was it was a interesting take rather than just focus on, hey, this is Bucky. He's Steve's friend. And, you know, that's that's all he cares about. They gave him, you know, his own plot line and character development to go through where he's, you know, trying to overcome this trauma and make amends to all these people he wronged you know, unwillingly in his past life as the winter soldier. So that was pretty cool. Um, you mentioned Anthony Mackie and, uh, you know, his uh, Sam Wilson's um, kind of character arc and, you know, the struggles he's dealing with. I thought it was pretty interesting in episode one to see him, you know, go in that bank and uh, <laughs> him and his sis were denied the loan, um, you know, kind of heartbreaking and kind of, relatable i guess to a lot of people um so it's it was it was good that they gave him um they gave both characters i should say a way to develop and you know uh, the struggles of normal people and what they go through whether it's a soldier with ptsd or a man trying to just you know save uh help his sister save their family's legacy Um, so that was pretty neat yeah. And you learn a lot in that bank scene just when you bring that up is that like I, I've i always thought about it like in the back of my mind when I watch these type of movies where like you think about it like how are these people earning livings like how much do they make like and, and you basically find out like like Iron Man wasn't paying these people like he, but then I thought which is about crappy, it, like, by the way, which is crappy. Yeah, but, then, but then I th- I said the same thing because I was like I went on Twitter and it was like after the episode and a lot of people were like giving Tony some 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 crap about it. Mm. Um, but then I thought I'm like wait a minute. I was like first of all, if anything, Sam went with Cap and went against Tony, so Tony probably like may have been sending him a check <laughs> and cut that off right away. Um, but yeah, I agree. Like you you do learn so much. Like and it is relatable with a lot of people where it's just like. This this guy's like is basically world famous. Like they know him, they call him the Falcon, and he wants like his picture taken and like get an autograph. But at the same time, he's just kind of like the banker's just like, nah, I, I can't do anything for you. Like and right. it, it is, it's sad. But to let see. me get that um, selfie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it it it, it really is unfortunate to see like that struggle that him and his family are having. Even though like he basically like saved the world or helped save the world, so it, it's yeah. Yeah, it, it is yeah. A really like you learn a lot in that scene, just not necessarily from the character standpoint, but just, you know, like you said, they do eventually also go into like the fact of like other people who were part of the blip and, you know, like Sam was part of that. Like, how was he going to do anything for five years? Yeah. So, yeah. So fast forwarding, you know, we get to the end of the episode and the John Walker as Captain America reveal, blah, blah, blah. We'll get to John Walker in a, a minute. But um, <laughs> uh, I got to say, you know, as solid as uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier was, um, the first episode didn't quite grab me. Um, I just I don't know what it was, but I guess, you know, kind of uh, looking at what we had from WandaVision I was just so wowed and impressed and it set the bar really high that um, this this first episode was like, 
okay, this is good, but I don't, I don't know if it's going to get better or not. Um, which I, <laughs> I'm happy to say it did for me, but, uh, <laughs> but that was my thoughts on the initial episode. Were you guys hooked immediately or, um, you know, did you have trepidation like myself? Harry, what do you think? Yeah, I think for me, I, I after the first episode, I, w- I was kind of sold. Um, mm-hmm. I felt the the subject matter and the development of the you know, or talking about the stories for those characters, you know, Bucky and for Sam, who definitely driving me in. I, I was kind of surprised that most people, you know, on social media were a little bit meh on it after the first episode, even yourself. Uh, but I do see where it's like coming off the high of Wanda, especially so close. It was only what one week after they had that special behind the scenes. And it was like, yes, you know, the week after it was like, here's Falcon and winter soldier. Um, I wonder if there would be the same feelings with WandaVision. If WandaVision had come out, I think it was supposed to come out second originally in the show's order. So I wonder off the high of this, if people would have came and been like, Wanda's a little slow. Um, with that, but I was actually kind of hooked right away. I, you know, I actually enjoyed a lot. I enjoyed the fifth episode, um, which uh, towards the end more than I enjoyed the last episode. I really enjoy it when they kind of slow things down and kind of have these, you know, characters kind of do more development than they do with the kind of big action set pieces, because the set piece in the last episode is almost half the episode. Actually, yeah. it's more the majority of it because the episodes are, are about an hour, but they're really like, I have to get through all the countries where they changed all the language and everything. You're really down to a cool like 48 minutes uh, for it. Um, so yeah, those are my thoughts. I, w- I was hooked immediately though. Long, long, long answer for that folks. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I was hooked immediately. Hans, how about you? I was somewhere in the middle because I do agree with the fact that where like it doesn't necessarily catch you, but I, I think that a lot of it was it opened with such a great set piece. And I think that, uh, like, coming off of WandaVision, like, WandaVision, like, the, the way that story was told was, like, was excellent. And it was, like, I, I think it was, like, almost, like, close to perfection in terms of, like, a, a storytelling standpoint. Now, I think that, like, there wasn't anything, like, clever going on. It was a very straightforward episode to just say, like, this is where Sam is. This is where Bucky is. And I and I if I I didn't rewatch the first episode, but I don't even think they touch on the flag smashers that much. Like I think very briefly they do um, when Torres goes to like investigate them. But other than that, like like it's pretty much just like they introduce like the threat, but it wasn't it wasn't a wow factor for me until like once I saw the um and I know they show this in promos and everything. Once they showed John Walker. Like, that's where I kind of was like, this is the last shot. I'm like, this is, he looks like, it looks like Mr. Frederickson in the Captain America outfit uh, in that first <laughs> shot. Um, but I think that it did its job to introduce, like, to let, like, to get us interested. But I agree. I wasn't, like, just blown away like I was, like, with the first episode of WandaVision. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we get the John Walker reveal at the end of episode one and then episode two kind of starts with him getting introduced to, uh, to America via good morning America. Um, but when they're in the locker rooms, uh, Hoskin Hoskin says something, which is kind of foreshadowing, I think, uh, for, yeah. uh, John Walker. And he says, the suit comes with expectations. You can't just punch your way out of problems anymore. Um, so let's let's talk John Walker for a second and and how we thought uh, he did. Um, you know, I thought Wyatt Russell as the character was good. Uh, he was somebody that I love to hate, um, but he is the epitome for me of you know what 
what is wrong with, uh, you know, people abusing power and just going over the top. And um, he, <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Maybe we should just let Chris go off on this one now. Yeah. I, hands. I know you got some hot takes, so we'll circle back to me. Uh, why don't, why don't you tell us your thoughts right. on Mr. John Walker? All right. So let, let's just start off by saying like, uh, and like you said, Wyatt Russell did a, a phenomenal job at, at this role because mm-hmm. he is a character that like when you're watching it, like you're not supposed to like him because he's not Steve Rogers. Like for God, how long, I don't even know when Captain America was released. The first, uh, first Avenger was, I mm-hmm. guess like early or like 2011 or 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, we like, basically like we've been like seeing the adventures of Steve Rogers, the only Captain America that we've known and up until Endgame. Now, Wyatt Russell comes along, or John Walker comes along, and you're not supposed to like him on that fact alone, at the fact that he is not Steve Rogers. And he's very, like, his first reaction is to go in. Like, he doesn't think, like, through the scenario. And that's why I love that. I, I love his character so much because it was basically the exact opposite of Steve Rogers. I didn't want, like, someone to pretend to be another Steve Rogers, which... And sometimes he tries to do, but he's just like, he basically is like a Captain America that is not like what he should be. Like he's, like you said, you can't punch your way out of it. And I was th- like, I don't even know if I want to say this. I like, I was more invested with his story in a few episodes of learning that like, basically he was a soldier who earned his medal of honors and like, he had like three medal of honors and you know, he's, he said he's like jumped on grenades like four times. Like he's a real soldier and we'll get to this a little later. Cause I know once we, I think once we get to the, um, the scene after episode four in the courtroom, when he's getting like basically like discharged, um, I, I think up at that point, I'm like, I was more interested in his story than Steve Rogers. And I thought like, and that's why I'm like very careful with what I say. It's because, a spicy Amita ball because, and, and I, and I don't mean it anything because I like Captain America is my favorite superhero as Steve, like Steve Rogers, mm-hmm. but I just, and I don't want to go too long on this. It just, I, I think that the way he kind of like was just someone who picked up the mantle, like he didn't have a super soldier. Like he was, he honestly was doing his best and what he thought was the right thing to do. And I just love to see him evolve and basically break down to the point of at the end of episode four or even into episode five, where he basically has like serious PTSD he like ends up taking the superhero soldier. Like, like he basically has two sets of captain America's like one without it, one with, and you can tell like how it like just changes him to the point where he ends up getting like, I don't want to say court martial, but he's like a bit dishonorably discharged. And mm-hmm. I just, I was so invested in the character of how he developed in like four or five episodes of this show. Now I'm mm-hmm. not going to say like, I love him more than Steve Rogers, but like, I just felt like Steve Rogers was pretty much like he got, he got defrosted and came out and like, he was just trying to adapt. And he was like, I still love Steve Rogers more, but I just love seeing Wyatt Russell Russell (laughs) develop as John Walker throughout the series. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to touch on a little bit once we get to the finale, because I have some kind of things to say about that, but. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Harry, I'll get to you in one second, but I remembered what I, what I had forgotten to say. Uh, But yeah. So, um, you know, the thing with, uh, John Walker as Captain America. Um, so he, 
yeah, he is trying to to be Captain America his own way. He's I don't think he's trying to live up to Steve Rogers, which is okay. You know, that's understandable. But the second he takes that super soldier serum, it's like, you know, it's it's just bad news because yeah. Erskine in the original Captain America movie, you know, talks to Steve Rogers pre-op about the serum and he's like look if you're a good person it'll amplify that good becomes great if you're a bad person bad becomes evil you know it's it's the worst and i don't i'm i'm not saying john walker is a bad guy or anything but clearly yeah he has some uh traumatic issues whether it's ptsd or whatever and when he takes the serum all that just gets amplified and and he kind of goes over the deep end to the point where it's like he can't refuse or he refuses to give up the mantle when he clearly made a, an error in judgment and killed a guy um and then uh to the point where yeah he even after um refusing to give up the title and being stripped of the title of captain america uh, he decides to you know make his own gear and and I'm gonna do this anyway. Like that, is, that was the worst shield I've ever seen. Like I think like <laughs> one of the, one of the flag smashers punched it and the thing was like basically destroyed right away. Well, I mean, Cap Shield is made of vibranium. I know this dude this, is like yeah. welding steel together. It's this like, dude like made like, the best he can. Whatever yeah. the whatever DeLoreans were made out of, this is what this guy used for it. <laughs> I mean, he had a cosplay shield. It's okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I don't know. That that's my thoughts on uh, John Walker. Um, you know, I I think I think the character was portrayed the correct way. Um, I I don't like him, uh, but I don't think I'm supposed to either. Um, yeah. But there is some nuance in there. Uh, Harry, how do you feel about John Walker and Wyatt Russell's performance? You know, I think I mean I think while Wyatt Russell hit it out of the park, I mean son of son of Kurt Russell, I mean it's it's kind of easy to uh, you know be good at acting. Hopefully, when when that's your father, but uh, you know I, I I'm disappointed at some of the backlash he received from fans. You know, with not understanding that you know he's playing a character, he's acting, he's a person. You know, this is a character. Um, so that was a little bit di disappointing to see, you know, via the internet, but I mean, people are so passionate about this show. I mean, we're talking about it, you know, it's one of our, you know, must watches for our list. So I get that, but you got to be able to separate people from, you know, their, their characters. But as far as the character, I, this is something I, I struggle with a lot with the, with the Marvel universe of not having enough. I want to say either good, well, like Loki's, I guess, like good bad guys where, right. you know, you hate to, you hate to love them in a way. And I felt like his character was really doing that. Like Chris said, there was a couple episodes there where it almost felt like, you know, the John Walker show Falcon winter soldier, you know what I mean? So I feel as though they were really trying to invest in him. And, you know, he has a line, like you were saying earlier, Greg, where I'm not trying to be Steve. I'm trying to be the best captain America I can be. And that like goes so far into showing you like he wants to just be the best version of himself. You know, he knows, he understands that he's not going to be Steve Rogers. Everyone else understands that. And that's what makes it so much fun to watch. You're watching somebody who isn't going to be Steve Rogers, but he's trying his best to do what he thinks is right, but he's making wrong decisions. You know, they even talk about like how good he is at his decision-making, but you can see how, he gets influenced, you know, multiple times, you know, when Lamar dies to, you know, when even at the last episode, when it's like, Hey, you got a choice, whether to go after Carly or try to save people. And, you know, he's, you can see him struggling with that choice where, 
I think for Steve Rogers, it would be, you know, automatic. Like I know how to, how to save these people or how to, how to fix this situation. But I love the character. I loved the end of, uh, I think it was episode four with the whole world watching when, you know, he has to, uh, you know, kill that guy with the shield, just that scene. I love the way they kind of framed him and showed him like they do a lot of close-ups of John Walker in action. Um, Mm -hmm. But like you said, Greg, I think you're supposed to love to hate him. Um, and those are characters that I really enjoy because you're like, oh boy, what's he going to do next? Right. And even like um, his movements, like Wyatt Russell, like, I'm sorry, Greg. I like, one of the things like I noticed is like, he's so good at it and whether or not, like, I don't, I don't, you know, I wasn't there for the making of like, of like on the set or anything, but like, even just the small things that you notice with like John Walker, where like, he has like a twitch, like of like a lot, like where like they'll do a close up and his head will kind of just do like that. And you can tell like, he's not in the right frame of mind to like basically hold this mantle but he's gonna keep trying but and especially you notice it like at that scene when he kills um the flag smasher where he's kind of just like he realizes everyone is watching but i mean the next episode opens with him running away realizing like what did i do but Mm -hmm. he kind of just stands there and and he just seems like very like on it at that point he is unhinged but there are hints leading up to it like even when like the door melage like show up and he he gets beat by them like his first words were like they're not even super they weren't even super soldiers soldiers. yeah like and and i think that's where i like he decided to take the serum where he's just like i'm not going to live up to captain america if this if this stuff keeps happening and i think like you know that that's what led him to the serum but i like you just his motions like if you rewatch it are are like and a lot of it goes to to wyatt like in his acting but he's just I, i think that's another thing to keep in mind of just like him, like his struggles going through the whole season. So, yeah. Uh, I will say one thing I can do without is um, the trope that if someone is slightly unhinged, uh, they have, you know, a five o'clock shadow or a slight (laughs) bit of scruff on their face. Like as soon as, yeah, (laughs) Harry's clean shaven (laughs) for those only listening. Uh, But as soon as, as soon as, you know, he kind of snaps or whatever, all of a sudden he's growing his facial hair out. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. dude, that's so played out as an advocate for facial hair. Yeah. <laughs> and that beard styles grew. of today. That like, beard on. grew like two weeks <laughs> in like one minute. <laughs> like, right. Like, that's that's shaving every day is Captain America. Then it's like day one off the job. I'm yeah. not shaving anymore. <laughs> Look at me. Yeah. Right. Uh, so please, Hollywood, if you're listening, cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, one of the things I absolutely loved, and this this was just huge for me, is the introduction to the MCU of um, Isaiah and Elijah Bradley. Um, they they debuted specifically Isaiah um, debuted in a Marvel miniseries called Truth, uh, Red, White, and Black, and mm-hmm. um, basically the, his origin story was kept intact for uh, you know his introduction here and. Go out of your way if if you're interested in comics at all to read that story because it is so good and you know heart wrenching to, to see you know what was done um, in the name of science to you know our black servicemen um, at least fictionally but you know I'm sure things happened uh, in reality as well um, with the T- Tuskegee experiment and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was very happy that they they gave him some time to shine and they introduced uh, both Isaiah and his grandson, Elijah, who and I know you got air Harry, you're not the biggest comic fan, but uh, <laughs> Elijah becomes Patriot 
who is basically the Captain America of the Young Avengers. Mm-hmm. Um, so he would he would fit in with uh, the Scarlet Witch and Visions kids, Billy and Tommy. And right. uh, I'm hoping that's what they're leading to, because we know we're getting uh, Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop, who is Hawkeye. Um, Cassie Lang has already been introduced. Uh, so we've got yeah. almost all of the players for Young Avengers. And I'm hoping they bring that together. But Young yeah, Avengers then, is besides the point. Yeah. If anybody um, wants to hear about our Young Avengers theory as well, you could listen to our WandaVision podcast where we, <laughs> we discuss that as well. Absolutely. Uh, but seeing Isaiah here, just tremendous. Um, every time he was on screen, uh, for me, he chewed the scenery. He just, you know, uh, the, the actor that played him, I, I don't have his name off the top of my head, but um, he did a tremendous job. I thought the makeup on him to age him was not the greatest. It stood out a little mm-hmm. bit, um, but other than that, uh, very cool. So um, what do you guys think about Isaiah and Elijah? You guys looking forward to seeing more of Elijah? How'd you feel about Isaiah's story? I, I thought it was cool. I, and I, I didn't read, um, the truth comic I I've been wanting to, but I know um, just of who um, Elijah or um, Isaiah was. Um, Mm -hmm. So like I knew kind of of the history of it without reading the comic. So, but um, other than that, I'm I'm really cool that they introduced it. Like it was, it was a very small part in terms of just like kind of giving Bucky that backstory and him know it like basically as a resource and trying to like get him to help. Um, And you learn a lot in that one scene of just, like for the most part, everyone, like the general public and most people and, and in the show, I, I say that they only know one Captain America, which is Steve Rogers. Right. And they weren't aware that there were other experiments that were being completed and then not necessarily the Tuskegee experiments. I'm sure they like they might have known about them, but to take like a comic book kind of uh, topic, like a super soldier serum and know that they were like they were using that on their soldiers as well. And basically he was he was a black Captain America and and. I think for the general public of people who are watching that show, they didn't really know that history as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was really cool um, to know that there was a Captain America while Steve Rogers was frozen. And there was a lot of history behind that character, um, at least hidden history. And I, and I thought that, like you said, the actor who played him like knocked it out of the park. And we see later, there's a couple other scenes that he has where it, it's, it, it really was well done. Um, mm-hmm. I love how they um, introduced Elijah because like you said, the young Avengers are pretty much come together. I think the only one that's not necessarily confirmed is Ironheart, but that might be right. I, I, but I think everyone else is pretty much lined up. Um, so I mean, that, she's, she's going to have a show, but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. But I, I think, yeah. Um, I, but I think like introducing him, you know, for those aware of who he is in the comics, I think leading to the young Avengers is a, is a really cool Easter egg to like move forward. But the whole scene was like, really was very dark scene. Like, and it's very like, just, you can kind of feel the mood with just the setting. Um, but I thought, I thought that the whole thing and, and, you know, he gets another scene later in the show was, was done perfectly. Like he was definitely a character that needed to be there. Um, and his story needed to be there in order for Sam to eventually become Captain America. Mm-hmm. Harry, what are your thoughts on Isaiah? Yeah, I mean, I was going to say a little bit of what kind of what Chris was saying. I mean, I think it's an important also kind of connection for Sam and for for Bucky to kind of have a link there as well, besides having Steve Rogers. Uh, I think it also goes to show kind of in this universe how how much, I guess, glorified Captain America was and how people continued to look at him when there was like, hey, there was these other 
you know, possible super soldiers that, you know, didn't get the chance and the opportunity that was given to, you know, Steve Rogers and stuff. Uh, you know, while not a huge fan of the comics, you know, I would probably be in on Young Avengers um, with it, you know, being exciting, um, you know, and bringing in, you know, maybe a future generation there for it. Um, but I, I hope we see, I hope we see more of Isaiah. I hope we see more, you know, if, whether it be whether Falcon and Winter Soldier continues as a show, whether it moves to, you know, just one of their shows or whether we get some backstory for them. But yeah, I, I liked how it helped kind of build a bridge for, for Sam and Bucky uh, and their relationship to kind of build from that as well. Yeah. I, um, I don't know that we'll get more Isaiah. I think his character are kind of wrapped up here. Um, yeah, that's true too. And, and I'm glad that they, they did wrap it up rather than just leaving him as a one-off in, you know, episode two or whatever it was. Um, I'm glad yeah. that, you know, they, they took him from being disillusioned with the idea like, oh, a black man could never carry those stars and stripes based off of what I went through to him seeing Sam and, and Sam kind of restoring hope and faith in him. And even yeah. as I'm talking about it right now, but in the finale, when when Sam takes Isaiah to I, I'm assuming the Smithsonian and they have yeah. the cap exhibit and he's got his own statue and stuff like I got goosebumps, dude. Yeah, so incredible. Um, I was really happy that that uh, they were able to give that uh, that character some love. Um, moving on from Isaiah and Elijah, uh, Flag Smasher rewrite theory. Yeah. You guys so I don't know talk if, about if, that? if I don't know if you guys know, like I kind of looked into anything like with this, but and you this is kind of what threw me off into what made me think that there might have been a little something else. So when you first are introduced to the Flag Smashers and they're stealing that truck that's full of um, vaccines. Mm-hmm. this was actually the from what i i remember reading and it, it's like a very i don't think it was ever confirmed but it's like a, a theory that there was apparently supposed to be the storyline with the flag smashers was supposed to revolve around a worldwide pandemic or a worldwide disease mm-hmm. which had to get rewritten because of covid um and you could tell like I, I wasn't a huge fan of the flag smasher story um i i think you can tell like when you rewatch like a couple of the episodes i rewatched and you can tell like there's a lot of it is like very off and you think about like when bucky says like oh they're stealing they're transporting vaccines like what but that's never mentioned again about any kind of sickness and i think they probably kept that yeah. in probably because they couldn't reshoot it probably because it leads up to like a giant action scene so they're probably like at that point like they'll just yeah. leave it in or kind of you know yeah, I think they start to mention like medicine at some points. Like well, yeah, or when they're I talking about dialogue to kind of replace it. Like Carly's, I guess, mother, or I, I wasn't sure who that or like who like Donnie Mama Madani, Donna. which was yeah. it, it, she was like a mother figure for her. Yeah. She ended up dying from a disease, which I'm pretty sure like whatever it was, like I, I don't tuberculosis. know. They, yeah, tuberculosis, which mm-hmm. may have been like what the vaccine was for, or like I, I don't know, but it was supposed right. to be a bigger story of, but I think at the time they did a lot of rewrites. And I don't I, like like I said I wasn't a fan of the flag smasher story because I don't think it I don't think it was entirely clear and yeah. I think because at some point they had one story but they probably realized they couldn't film the entire thing over again and um, after they mentioned it I think it was like episode three or four I kind of dug into it and I'm like this just doesn't it doesn't really make sense I guess like yeah like what their real intentions are. And I think, and I went back to the, when Bucky said they're transporting vaccines and then a lot of people I noticed online were pointing out the same thing where they said, you know, this was a big kind of plot hole. I don't necessarily like a plot hole, but definitely like some kind of, there was some kind of redirection done 
when they were filming or rewriting it because I guess they didn't want to really bring any kind of similar COVID situation into this, like a storyline, mm-hmm. being it too soon. And, and they were filming us in the middle of the pandemic. So it was yeah. their story was definitely muddled. Um, because the first thing that we hear is, well, they, they want to get the world back to the way that it was, um, during the blip where, you know, everybody kind of realized you have to work together because there's, there's not nations anymore. Half the world's population just disappeared. We, you know, kind of got a band together, but then, um, they're later working to make sure that refugees don't get moved into these quasi internment camps or whatever and it's like that's not really what your mission statement is so i don't know yeah i mean it it totally makes sense that there was like an alternate plot and then they had to kind of rework everything because (laughs) they don't want to make it too real right absolutely yeah and and that's why like and i i love carly's character and her development like i don't think her the way she portrayed, um, I forget her name, but I, she, I loved her in Rogue One. I thought she was fantastic in Rogue One. Um, or not Rogue One, Solo. I'm sorry. Um, but she yeah. wasn't Solo. Yeah, she, I, I can't remember her name. But I think she like she portrayed the character well. But other than that, like it just, I like, yeah, it was it was very like kind of all over the place at one point. Like I feel like their their mission wasn't the same in Episode One as it was by the time the series, like the season, was over. Right. Uh, Harry, did the flag smashers hit for you? I mean, I think for me, it's a little bit missing because now again, this is too, you know, looking at Spider, cause this takes place before Spider-Man homecoming. Correct. If I, if I read the timeline, right. What I, from stuff I've read online. Uh, I don't know because in homecoming, we see the blip where, where everybody gets returned. Yeah. I, but I, I I don't know. It could. I th- think it's like this is supposed to be after Wandavision, but yeah. before Wandavision is like directly right after the blip slash. Yeah, you know, and I think this is like I think this is in between Wandavision and Far From Home. If I remember the timeline yeah. correctly, I think so too. And the the reason I say that is because we're we're starting to build. Like I could see it, you know, down the line, two movies, you know, two other shows, whatever it is where they're talking about, you know, this started with the Flag Smashers and now, you know, X villain or X organization is starting to, you know, carry that work or that idea from it. But I definitely felt as though it was a little bit clunky, I guess is the best way to put it with how they were kind of rolling out that story. So I would definitely agree that it it didn't really hit for me. Um, But this kind of happens a lot, you know, with these shows, like even like with WandaVision where you're like, who's the real villain? And is it like, is it a director Hayward? Is it Agatha? Is it, you know, now Bizarro Vision? You know, is it Wanda? Like, I feel like those sometimes with these, you know, movies, not much, or with the shows, not as much with the movies, they kind of have this issue so far that I've seen where it's like, we're throwing a lot at you and a lot of characters and a lot of it's going to hit, but, you know, one or two things is going to miss. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> talking about another character here who was, kind of a villain, kind of a helper, but uh, yeah. Zemo. Uh, I absolutely loved his uh, story. I love that they brought him in. Daniel Brule, I can't get enough of him. Amazing. Um, love him. You know, it was cool that we got to see the classic Zemo look with the the trench coat with the fur and the, uh, the purple mask. Uh, I love that they retconned him to being a Baron like he is in the comics. Um, 
I mean, just all around every everything with Zemo. I loved uh, my biggest takeaway from this, though, is I need a Thunderbolts show um, here for the uninitiated. The Thunderbolts yes. is a super team led by Baron Zemo, who uh, basically they're villains in disguise as heroes. Um, and they're mm. they're operating on behalf of the government. But uh, they they basically had a bunch of B level villains um, that just assumed new identities. And, you know, people didn't know the difference until it came out in the public later yeah. on. But but they do include some major players later on, like yeah. John Walker, the U.S. agent and uh, Red Hulk and uh, Venom and Punisher were parts of it. So. And it's always, well, not always, but mostly led by uh, Zemo. It's funny to me because I I know and it makes me think of uh, your world, Greg, with wrestling. Like Mm. how much comics and like wrestlings and storytelling are like, let's just get these guys who like don't work all together, like separately, put them together on a team. And now they're like a super team. And it's like, oh, now these make sense. Or And then what we'll do is we'll recruit another top tier villain to kind of join it. So it's kind of funny that way, but uh, it's a beautiful thing. I, you know, yeah. I never made that connection, but that's probably the reason why I love yeah. both of both wrestling and comics so dearly. It's, it's basically Marvel suicide squad for the most part. Yeah. 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 That's not yeah, a bad way to cut. put it. Yeah. Um, so hair, what, you know, Zemo talk to me. Uh, listen, I mean, if you want to watch Thor and Zemo, uh, you know, drive around in race cars, uh, go see rush. <laughs> But um, as far as I, wa- as I far watched, as... that, I watched half of that last night. And nice. It's so good. Yeah, I mean Daniel Brohl is just great. I love the fact that we got the Zemo cut uh, of him in the club dancing, living it up. That was that was pretty hilarious. I showed that to the uh, the wife, and I always use her as a barometer for do regular people enjoy this, and uh, so <laughs> she did. Um, but yeah, I mean. <sighs> The Zemo, the Zemo character, I think a lot of people, you know, from, you know, whether it be you guys or some of our other friends were like, yeah, Zemo from the, they didn't really do him justice in the movie. And I think this was kind of return a little bit to form. I'll be interested to see what happens with him, you know, you know, being sentenced to prison in Wakanda or wherever they're going to hold him. Um, You know, obviously he'll return, you know, that old thing of, you know, we didn't really see, we just see him go away. Um, but yeah, as far as, you know, the one question I would ask, and I mean, I know for story purposes, this wouldn't happen, but like, there's no one else on the Hydra food chain they could have went to who is less dangerous and less, you know, crazy than Zemo. Like, I guess they got those people wiped out, like maybe Bucky took care of all of them and his, you know, in his list. But I just thought it was funny. It was like, you guys didn't think of like anyone else first, like nobody. Well, yeah, I mean, I, <clears throat> I assume most of that Hydra chain has been wiped out and um, yeah. Even Zemo, Zemo wasn't actually part of Hydra. He he no, yeah. used uh, Hydra's uh, info, like he, right. he tortured that one Hydra dude. You're um, correct with that, but uh, but yeah, I think they just you know they thought he's crazy enough to work with us to get rid of these super soldiers. Yeah. <laughs> Hands, what'd you think about Zemo? Yeah. I. I in civil war he's so depressing and and he and, and that that takes into account like daniel Brühl's like acting with it like at, like portrayal to the character now i and i remember like when they first said they were going to bring zemo in like like in civil war you don't really necessarily like he doesn't have the mask in civil war he doesn't have mm-hmm. like he doesn't do anything like all he he basically is like he gets the avengers against each other but he's not like a physical threat like he's not he's not a i don't want to call he is a villain but even He's the not, super soldiers he kills, it's all like off screen. Like you don't I, really see yeah, any physical. Exactly. And and you don't like 
you don't necessarily like he just he basically just seems like a regular guy who and that's how they portrayed him in Civil War. And to see him like basically like when he puts that mask on, which uh, as far as I know, that mask does not give him superpowers. It just <laughs> no. he just he puts the mask on for one scene and just owns a bunch of the um where they were flag smashers or where they um they were bad they Madripoor. They Madripoor, were, yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. So he just like owns them like no problem. And it's it's so like I loved seeing him put on the mask and I love seeing how like they brought so much personality to that character in just a few scenes and in all of civil war, he was just moping around mm-hmm. and this way, like you have him like kind of interacting with other people, like when he's dancing and like, he's in public, which I love. Um, and just like how he just interacts with, with Sam and Bucky. Like, I don't necessarily like, I didn't see him as a villain in the show. He was kind of like that anti-hero I guess formula mm-hmm. um cuz he never he never really did anything to hurt Sam or Bucky and his plan was never to to basically hurt them he like may have tried to use them but at the same time he wasn't like his main purpose wasn't to take down like Sam or Bucky or any of the good guys like we we find yeah. out like towards the end he you know he's playing the long game with a lot of this um yeah. but i i love this scene where like they basically like you said they retcon him in a matter of like two sentences when he says like oh like the sam says like you got a plane he's like yeah he's like i'm a baron like i was a baron, baron before before my family was killed like i got money it was it was the equivalent of the cheetle i'm here it's me get used to it yeah <laughs> yeah it, it was perfect it was it was like so good like just in that one scene they're like and like what like the um the scene on the plane with his butler where he's talking about like give them all the expired food like if they want it and <laughs> they and Sam and Bucky have no idea what he's saying what they're saying to each other like there was a there was a, a I think his character was generally humor like more humorous than serious through this this role like in the series but not in like a like a, a slaps the kind of way but it was very like very well yeah. done because you know like he's like that smooth talking like you know that smooth talking character like you don't yeah. really know whether or not you want to trust him or not so mm-hmm. Apex Mountain for Turkish Delights. This or uh, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. (laughs) Have you ever had a Turkish Delight? I have. They're pretty good. I I wouldn't say they're the best. I haven't had one, though. They wouldn't wouldn't make me want to, like... (laughs) <laughs> like you know, either trust a witch or so, trust some rando stranger that could like gives them to me in an alley. <laughs> uh, I I will say I did love uh, you know Zemo. He he sticks to his own code of man. He has his own rules yeah. that he plays by and his mission. And uh, you know even when briefly uh, tempted by the the super soldier serums, you know on the ground. He shows zero hesitation, just starts smashing them. He's like, nope, Boom. don't need this. Gone. So I thought that was really well done. Uh, kudos to Zemo's treatment. And, you like, know, one of the things. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Like, did they explain, like, why, like, why is, like, why he smashed a super soldier? Like, does he just not want them like that? Like, does he just not, like, why does he smash them? Is it because he told, like, Sam he'd help him destroy it? Or, like, is he really a man of his word? Or is he just, like is he out for his own? Like, it's very like weird. Like why he did that. My take on it is he is against any and all superhumans. Um, yeah. and he, he sees working with Sam and, and, um, uh, Bucky. Bucky as like a means to an end. It's like, okay, well I can get rid of them down the line, but these guys are going to help me get rid of the 20 super soldiers running around right now at this moment. Right. Okay. That's so, fair. Yeah, when he saw those vials, you know, that's why it was stompy, stompy right away. Um, (laughs) 
But I, I will say too, you know, like this was one of the things that I loved about WandaVision, but like, I'm so happy all of these characters who are kind of like uh, characters that would not get the time of day in the movie uh, yeah. format are getting more characterization and the ability to kind of stretch and, and getting backstory and all this stuff in the show. It's also, it's also a little wild that you say that when it's like the last five to 10 Marvel movies are like borderline three hours long that like yeah. these characters <laughs> don't get like the development that they should right. in yeah. three hour movies. Well, and I mean, to be fair, it's like whenever it's one of these movies, uh, it's usually the Cap, Thor and Tony show yeah. as far as Avengers movies go. So um, and, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I love all those movies, no. but yeah. uh, but it's cool that, you know, we're getting to see, you know, Sam and Zemo and Bucky and Isaiah and all these other characters stretch their wings. Um, yeah, I, I agree. And I, and even like moving forward with like Loki. And like he's not necessarily like I wouldn't say he's like a, a B tier like he's like was one of, like yeah. probably the best villains in Phase One, but in order like the a lot in common with Zemo, just mm-hmm. as yeah, far as like yeah. the love, yeah. And like and like I I don't even think like I don't even consider Loki a villain. Like I, I guess like he like I guess maybe Thor one, but everything beyond that I never really saw him as as a bad guy. Like he was never he's a trickster or an Avenger or <laughs> Avengers too. All right. I'll give Avengers. Chris that. was one of the audience members in Thor Ragnarok clapping for the, uh, the, the <laughs> scene for Loki during the play. Yeah. Loki's great. <laughs> oh my gosh. Loki, way to go. You could hear my, my tears hitting the floor when he died. In Infinity. <laughs> um, but I, I just love like, I, I mean, other than like Avengers, like, but I think anything beyond, I would say Avengers is he's not necessarily a bit like he doesn't, he tries yeah. to help Thor. Like he's a God of mischief. Like, that his thing is just like cause mischief, but you're right. Like to see like their two first se- like the series after their movies, like how they're setting up their next phase are B level characters. And mm. they, they already hit it out of the park with Wanda vision with Wanda and vision and to like Sam and Bucky, like we know, like, you know, people who read comics know that's like Sam, both of these people have been captain America, but we haven't seen another captain America in how many in over 10 years. So right. I thought that I thought it was really cool to like, I, I think these two shows are really focusing on the future of the MCU. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think they're really like laying the groundwork of like kind of, and we'll talk about later, like what's going to come next. Um, but I, I love how they're focusing on these characters that like the general, like the general viewer doesn't know who they are. Right. Yeah. Uh, Another thing I loved, I know, you know, we're here for hot takes and stuff, but there's a lot to love with this show. I love the introduction of Madripoor to the MCU. It's such a great location. Um, honestly, uh, I could have seen Madripoor in Black Panther uh, when they went to Korea. Um, that right. could have been Madripoor also, but, you know, for whatever reason, they they delayed it. But uh, it's it's perfect it's exactly as i imagined it you know it's kind of a mix of hong kong with um the the greatest uh hive of scum and villainy you can find um (laughs) it's just this low life town and you know uh um wolverine has a lot of ties to madripoor so uh, hopefully they make that connection at some point later on but very happy to see madripoor um quick thoughts on the new location it was cool to add that into it because I feel like every kind of every kind of like kind of series like this or show or like every kind of fantasy or whatever science fiction has like this kind of town that like you know 
are basically run by criminals. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it's co- it's cool. Like I don't even think the MCU really has one until now. Um, I, I think it's a place they can revisit because I know the like you said, like Wolverine and the X Men have some ties there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I and I think that, that this this fell into that WandaVision formula or like uh, of issue of, um, I, and I didn't fall for it this, at all. This series of like you know disney trying to troll people because i you know I, I i'll go on like and see like what's trending after what episode and a lot of people are like madripoor like oh my god like it's it's happening now i'm like nah yeah. i watched one no. I'm, not, I'm not i'm not phoning it's this, just the city this whole again yeah um but but it's a good start like to, to include that in in future like i would love to see like if they like would like shang chi if they like somehow end up there or like or whatever like I think there's a future there and it's really cool, especially with the whole power broker situation. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think it'll be really cool how they kind of move forward with that. How are you uh, hunting for apartments in Madripoor? Listen, uh, I don't, <laughs> I got to convince the, the wife, but um, I don't think we'll be moving to Madripoor. I don't think I have the, uh, the stones for Madripoor. I think uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't succeed in Madripoor. I'd be probably that bartender uh, serving, serving drinks out. But um <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's just to me, it's it's fine. Like, I'm not a huge comic guy, like we've talked about, but I just look at it like I can't wait for the next, you know, couple movies or shows where there's a scene in Madripoor or there's another reference to, oh, that remember that time in Madripoor um, and all that kind of fun stuff. So yeah, it's fine to me. Whatever. Mm-hmm. More um, more hints towards X Men coming, you know, in the near future as well. So yes, um, yes. Fun. Uh, let's give some love to the ladies because we haven't really talked about this much. Um, I don't have it. Wives, in the notes, or are we talking about the the show? Well, the wives get lots of love oh, okay. as it yeah, is. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the ladies in the show. Um, so I actually don't have it in the notes, but I thought the uh, the actress that played um, Sam's sister was awesome. Um, mm. I thought she did a really good job. So I just wanted to uh, throw that. Yeah, in went toe to toe with him in in some scenes. Nice back yeah. and forth. For sure. Um, but Sharon, Emily Van Camp, Sharon uh, Carter is back and um, loved seeing her expanded role. Again, another one of these characters that, you know, we can dig further into. Um, mm-hmm. She kicks butt. <laughs> so happy to see her back. Happy to see her, you know, taking down Madripoor goons in uh, uh, the docks and then finding out that she is the power broker. Uh, was pretty wild also um what do you think about her expanded role here so it was funny to me the the scene when they're they're at the docks and she's like kicking, it reminded me of like in a video game when there's the cut scene to like and it's like now you have to handle the goons and like mm-hmm. beat them all up and there's way too many for one person to handle without anyone else like turning the corner um so i i thought it was a bit silly but um she did <laughs> She did seem pretty, pretty uh, well equipped to handle herself from the last time we saw her in some of the other uh, the movies for Cap. Um, yeah, the, I felt like her story towards the end with the power broker kind of fell flat. I think a lot of people were guessing it online. And is, is, is she the power broker? And, mm. you know, I, I guess I see it where she's now going to play both sides. And there is kind of this gray line is, you know, we'll talk, uh, talk about later, you know, or you can see with a lot of the characters of like, well, she's like a good person, but like Captain America has gone now. So like, there's no really, there's no real person to be like, wow, Steve really called me out and I got to really rethink my life. It's more just like, yeah, you know, I'll be part, I'll be back. I'll be working for the U S but like, I'll also be like selling weapon information and stuff out there. Um, so yeah, I mean more probably to come from her, but it was just, uh, it kind of felt a little flat to me, but yeah, definitely that scene 
on the docks uh, was was a bit silly, but she uh, she really handled her own. Hands, you feel an Agent Carter here? <laughs> I, I love the scene on I love the scene on the docks. I thought like I and Harry, you're right. Like it was very like like she handled herself very well. It was like very video game ish, yeah. but like you could tell like. For some reason, like these shield agents seem like they're basically like superhumans without the serum. Like they're like they just like they can handle like these kind of like these bounty hunters coming through or like are like best this, of the best, eyeball. baby. Yeah. yeah, and and I and I actually do agree with Harry with the the power broker like her being the power broker. Um, I I love to see like more of her coming forward. I just think that there was a lot of misdirect with the power broker going into like revealing it. Um, so I wasn't entirely like surprised, like the way they were kind of handling her character. And when she was like hiring Batrock and, and, and I think that at that point I was like, I didn't need a reveal. I'm like, I'm pretty sure she's going to end up being revealed. Like it, it, yeah. it, it almost seemed at that point, almost too obvious, but um, like I was hoping I threw a couple names out in my mind, which I would love for it to be like the power broker to be like, I was really hoping it'd be like Kingpin, which mm-hmm. I thought would have been like great because yeah. I, because I know like Matt Murdock is rumored to be in the next Spider-Man movie, and you know they're talking about bringing Charlie making Cox. Making us in. wait for it all. Wait, making us wait for it all. Like Charlie, <laughs> yeah, they're they're saying like Charlie Cox might be in um in No Way Home and all that kind of stuff. But um, I I'm, I'm I love that we're gonna get more of her, and I like how they introduce like with the with the end credits of her basically um being a double agent, and you don't really know who she's working with. Like who yeah. did she like? I know like I, one of the points phone, was yeah. who was she talking to? Like there is there like a bigger kind of connection? Is she is it a character we already know? Um, but I, I thought they did her character very well because I wasn't happy. Like in Winter Soldier, I don't think she did anything really. Like I don't think she had any kind of action scene. Like she was in that control room and did something there for like a minute, and then like Civil War, she just showed up to give Cap a shield back. Um. So I thought it was cool. I, I was cool to see like how like the trust between like Sam and Bucky having her, but they still don't know who she is, which I think is really going to add to a little bit. Like when we get to like more Captain America stories. Um, so I am glad to see more of her, um, but I, I agree. The power broker kind of stuff fell a little bit flat for me as well. Okay, fair. Uh, some other kick butt ladies, the Dora Milaje. Oh man, they were they were like such a good surprise to see. Like I didn't even think I forgot Bucky was in Wakanda like for Mm -hmm. a while, where like that's where he got his arm and everything. So, but but yeah. Well, and when I saw the Kamoyo beads, I didn't make the connection right away. I'm like, ah, that's weird. These little black marbles, and then you know, Ao shows up, and it's like, oh snap! Like that was great. Uh, You know, they handed John Walker his butt. They weren't even super (laughs) soldiers. I was happy to see them get the shine and the respect that they deserve. They're not even like, uh, you know, tracing them back in, in comics history. They weren't even to my knowledge, a part of um, his original backstory. I think they were added in, uh, in the mid two thousands as like, uh, or introduced basically, but they're just so cool. Uh, oh, yeah. it, it was really neat to see. And I, I was a little bummed. We didn't get to see deny Guerrera. Um, I thought she would have been a cool addition, but it's it's neat that they have another kind of alpha female as well with AO and that, uh, you know, they can use her. Um, what are you guys thoughts on the Dora Milaje hands? Are you happy to see him back? I, I was, I, I thought it was really cool. Like that just cause I, you know, I, I feel like they, they, that, that's definitely, like you said, like with like an alpha female role, like 
I I forgot he was in Wakanda, and then like at the end of that one episode when they're like they're here for Zemo, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's right, Zemo has some some beef with Wakanda yeah. too. Like he's like there's a lot there's a lot of history in the MCU that like you don't really realize that that Wakanda is kind of involved in, and um I thought that whole that whole fight scene with pretty much everyone against the Dora Milaje at one point, and pardon me, everyone listening, um you know me being a father, they did disarm Bucky. <laughs> Um, <laughs> literally <laughs> yes um but i thought i i think that whole the dormelage I, I actually love the scene where you learn like bucky's finally free and they test the, the code words on him it's a great scene i thought yeah. that was actually probably like my, my top three favorite scenes in the ser- in the show um but like bucky is such a like an extensive relation like a, a like a back story with them in such a short amount of time and you know it, it's kind of like they're very mission oriented. Like they don't care who gets in their way, whether it's Bucky or Sam, especially not John Walker. Cause they just on like, just own them right away. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I thought it was a really cool addition. Like they weren't a major part of the show, but where they were included, I think it fit really well um, with, with Bucky and Zemo. Harry, your thoughts. Yeah. I mean, I mean, who sheesh, uh, sheesh, uh, the door <laughs> Milaje, uh totally, for me, just sprinkle them in every Marvel movie from now on. Um, you know, Chris was saying, you know, they they hold their own and everything. And it's like, I love the line when they're they're talking to John Walker and they, they say the Dora Milaje have authority wherever the doors or, you know, authorization, mm-hmm. wherever the door Dora Milaje may be. Um, and that was just a really cool line. Um, and you're just like, yeah, get them. Because at that point, you know, John Walker is just. He's yeah. just chopping them, <laughs> chopping that mouth, just saying all kinds of rah rah. A little yapping um, dog. But uh, but I mean, I think this is where for me, the show works out really well because they don't make it, you know, um, a real long storyline. They just kind of sprinkle it in there. You know, each one of those episodes, you know, they have their moment and then they're and then they're gone. So, but yeah, put the door Malaje in every Marvel movie just to check in, be like, how's everything going here? Is everybody operating right? Do we need to do anything? Do we need to step in and, and kick some butt? Um, absolutely, would love to. Would love to see. You know, it makes me more excited for Black Panther too. Um, you know, and hopefully the door Malaje show up in more things. I would say because mm-hmm. they're awesome. The, the only thing I don't understand is like, <clears throat> is when they took Zemo away. Like they said, they're taking him. Like I thought they would take him to Wakanda because Wakandans mm. aren't going to treat that man like they, <laughs> they're going to put him. They're, they're probably going to kill him. Right. But then they take him to the raft, which I and I yeah. know the raft is is at this point as far as 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 the you know the MCU viewer uh, knows is probably the worst prison that the government has set up. Because Captain America just breaks in and breaks everyone out right away, and at the end of Civil War, but um, but then they say like they're taking Zemo to the raft, and I'm like kind of thinking like like who has jurisdiction over the raft? Like, is it an international thing? Is it like yeah. why don't they? Why didn't they take him to Wakanda? Like, if they've if if they've jurisdiction anywhere they they say they do, why would they take him to this prison that has already has one history of a major breakout? <laughs> yeah i mean it is you know it is supposed to be super super max but uh yeah. but you're right like you would expect the wakandans to have something but oh, they, maybe they kill them. maybe it's uh maybe it is run by like interpol or something like nato or whatever and right. that's why because zemo committed crimes in multiple nations not just wakanda um so maybe you know that's that's very meta but uh, 
I'm guessing that's why. Worst, uh, but that's a good ever. point. I I, I, the worst prison. They they had like seven uh, prisoners, then they had one. It's Zemo now, which mm. and I and I would have loved for like. Well, I no, the I, super soldiers go there afterwards too. Like the uh, the flag smashers, mm. they take them there. Yeah. They don't make it. Oh, oh that's yeah. right. Yeah, You're so right. Supposed to go baby. I I think that that the, the, there definitely could be some raft scenes that kind of lead maybe to the Thunderbolts kind of teaming up or you know make creating themselves. And um, which I thought would have been cool. in prison, kind of running the show from there, probably too. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I, and I think they they kind of and I don't want to say missed opportunity because like I'm not I'm not going to tell like Marvel writers <laughs> what they should be doing or anything. So, but I thought it would would have been really cool to. Um, you know, we get that post credit scene with with Sharon Carter, but I thought it would be cool to like kind of advance the Thunderbolts. Now they never they never announce a Thunderbolt series, so I don't think they mm-hmm. want to kind of put too much on the plate to like have people anticipate it for. But I thought save it, things. I, I yeah, I thought it'd been really cool if you have like Zemo, and then you have like go to some past characters. Like I know we said like Red Hulk, who's General Ross, but like mm-hmm. I think they should go like a different route and have like Abomination because he's somewhere in the world. Yeah, he's still like, floating around out there he's, somewhere. He's somewhere <laughs> like. I, I think characters like that would have been really cool. And they could have even like kind of with John Walker's character, like once we get to the finale, I'll, I, I think he could have got sent to the raft. I think that would have been a great kind of, especially with um, like introduction of newer characters that are hopefully going to play a bigger part would have been mm-hmm. a great introduction for that. But again, I'm not, I'm not a, a Marvel writer, so I'm not going to tell them what they should and shouldn't do. So uh, moving on, we get the, uh, the fight a little bit later on with uh, John Walker versus the Falcon and the winter soldier. And I thought that was a pretty cool fight. I think it lived up to expectations for what it was. Yeah. I thought uh, Falcon, it was, it, it was heartbreaking when he got his wings ripped, but it was cool seeing him, you know, use the jet pack to break Walker's arm. Um, what'd you guys think about the fight? Did it live up to the hype? How, what do you uh- think? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think for me, I think it was it was definitely the best fight uh, in the show, um, you know, going through all of them. I mean, maybe besides the Dora Milaje, just because I, I enjoyed that so much of everybody getting owned by them. Um, but there was a lot at stake during this fight. You know, John Walker questioning, you know, he had to just watch his best friend die. He just killed mm-hmm. a man, you know, and now he thinks they're coming, you know, and he's questioning himself as Captain America. He thinks, you know, Sam's there for the shield and, you know, what it represents. So I think there was a lot going on in that scene, you know, that they don't really say, but they use through through fighting. Um, but, yeah, it was uh, it was probably my favorite fight scene at, in, the, in the show, in the series. Nice. Hans, how about you? I, I thought it was great. And there's a lot of like a lot of like Captain America Civil War in that in that fight with mm. uh, Cap, like Cap and Bucky against Iron Man. Um Basically, you have Sam and and Bucky who are just trying to disarm Walker. They're not trying to kill him, and they're trying to like basically make sure like get the shield and and somehow just make sure he's not coming after us. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, John Walker, who at this point at his this is like peak John Walker for me because he like is just trying to like he's unhinged at, at this point completely yeah. unhinged, full paranoia, and has, yeah. and has a super soldier running through him. Like and like from what I can understand, like very new super soldier, like he's just getting used to all of it. So he can't really control his emotions. And that's why I don't really see, like, even though he's so unhinged, like I thought they were leading him to be like pretty much the major villain of this, of the show, just because especially like of a captain America show where he's not like a true captain America. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought like, 
I thought to see like how he's just trying to basically he's so off the wall that he's trying to kill Sam and Bucky like as at any chance he can. Um, and then you also have like I, that the final blow that they gave to him was great where like Bucky just swung him by the feet and Sam went in with the shield. But there was a lot of emotion in that. And even like my, my favorite part of the fight was at the end where Sam like Bucky picked up the shield. And he like just threw it to Sam, and he's mm-hmm. kind of like at that point, like you can tell he's like, don't like, th- don't give this up again, this up again, yeah, right. yeah, like don't like this is. It, it kind of mm-hmm. I I I looked at it like Bucky was kind of like like saying like, like looking like after they just beat up like Captain America, they he was given the shield and like basically saying like don't let any of this happen again. Like the reason, yeah, this, this is happened, yours. This don't is let it go. Your fault. <laughs> this is your fault for the most part, but um, but yeah, and I think like. I it was cool to see like how Sam held his own and he had to use the wings and everything like in battle to fight mm-hmm. John because if he didn't have them he probably would have got killed. Mm-hmm. Um but I I a lot of people are afraid that they nerfed Bucky and like made him like not as powerful. I don't agree with that. I think that like he basically like doesn't want to fight. He doesn't use his I don't think he uses his left hand for the most part in the fight too much and even says it later. He's like it's I'm right-handed. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's like an afterthought to use his hand. Um, yeah. But I, I feel like it was, it was basically it was um, John Walker was like a super, super soldier because it enhanced all his abilities and his emotions. And he had a lot of that stuff running through him. Yeah. So I think to see them two kind of like take him out was, was pretty cool. Uh, moving forward, we get the introduction of Julia Louis Dreyfus as the Contessa what <laughs> um what? that was a that was a shock to me because i am a huge huge seinfeld fan loved her as elaine bennis in that mm-hmm. um i had no idea that she was going to be part of the mcu and apparently you know it's coming out in the news uh over the last couple of days they had her in like a hood and cloak on set um so nobody would know but uh i granted this is this is a blind spot for me here i'm not huge on Ooh. the contessa uh, yeah i don't know a ton of stuff about Uh-oh. her other than she eventually becomes Madame Hydra. But, uh, oh, okay. Um, yeah. I, so the character, you know, seeing the character there doesn't matter as much to me as seeing the actress there. It's like, okay, yeah. that's cool. Um, what do you guys think about, uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus? This was like such a good introduction because I, I know they said there was going to be like a huge role that like wasn't going to re- be revealed. And it was someone who wasn't in the MCU before. Um, Again, my thoughts were going like, oh, man, they're going to introduce Kingpin. But I put those <laughs> those those hopes to, to rest really quick. Um, but, yeah, I mean, she's such a great actress. And and I've said this before where I don't really necessarily like people like kind of like uh, Melissa McCarthy, where she plays the same role, like kind of same character. I feel yeah. like Julie Louis-Dreyfus does the same thing, but not like it's in like there's so many different variations of that type of character she plays. Like, I feel like they're all Elaine. Like, she, like, plays the same kind of similar role in Arrested Development. I've seen some, uh, like, episodes of Veep. <laughs> and there's just, like, she's such a great actress that, like, it, it it makes me feel better knowing they casted her because they're not going to waste her on two scenes in Falcon and Winter Soldier. And I know she has a relationship with Nick Fury in the past. Like, they were going to introduce her into Black Widow. You're right. Um, that's what I heard so it, it was really cool to see her and like how they're going to include her moving forward. I feel like she's going to be like, even though Nick Fury's still around, she might be like a new Nick Fury type character. Um, but yeah, I mean, I loved her whole, like her whole shtick of like interacting with John and is that John's wife or girlfriend wife? 
wife. Okay. Yeah. I'm yeah. Pretty sure um, wife, yeah. I thought that was like really cool how they did. Like, like she just was like kind of like, this is my name. You can call me Val, but not not to my face. Say it in your head. And like, <laughs> she just seemed like she was a great character to add like to that moment. Yeah. And you know, I, I really hope she be. And I I think the plans from what I've heard is she's gonna have a bigger role moving forward in the MCU. So I'm just hoping they like stick with that. Makes sense. Our uh, thoughts on JLD joining the MCU. Uh, huge fan, huge fan of Seinfeld, huge fan of Elaine. Um, but love her character in Veep. Uh, our buddy, uh, our buddy Sean just powered through Veep. Uh, in like a couple weeks, so he went through all the episodes. And uh, you want to talk about Unhinged? Her character on that show, while nights not psychotic, is is definitely a uh, a wild card. Uh, she is uh, she is absolutely hilarious on that, and she deserves you know all the praise uh, for her character. Um, what you guys are saying about her character and what it could be, um, sure, you know, you know, let's wait and see what it'll be. But I, I definitely feel as though you know we talked a little bit about it earlier. This gray line of you know is she kind of good? You know what are what are her intentions? Um, and then I was also going to say if that was John Walker's girlfriend. Uh, peace brother like i'm out like <laughs> this relationship is over that's definitely his wife no no sane woman is like oh well he just killed a man and everyone hates him now i think i'll stick I'll around by his well, side yeah she she isn't yeah, seen anywhere before to get out. she's not seen she, anywhere before that like that seen in the locker room scene oh uh, yeah I forget, okay i forget the yeah. locker room scene then okay um but um but yeah i mean interested again another just little sprinkling let's introduce his character let's put her in here for a little bit and you know let's watch her uh let's watch her grow so very excited for that cool um so moving on uh to the final episode we get to see falcon as cap and man i just love it i think uh <laughs> the costume is almost directly lifted from the comics like it it looks spot on to that um you know not much to to say other than you know just a great look uh any thoughts on the costume boys it was it was definitely like and i went to the comics afterward like to, just to kind of get an idea like of what like how like i love doing that just like after they like see like how the mcu kind of like translated to make it sometimes like more like realistic looking for the most part but um no this was uh, the costume like everything fits so well and you didn't know like what was in the box from wakanda like i kind of had a feeling it was either going to be a new suit or a new set of wings mm-hmm. um but the whole thing and i and i love like the new red wing that's on there like i love how it basically like he scans the whole air like the whole helicopter to see if anyone has flight training and i i think that it was it was was really really cool um yeah i mean his introduction where he just flew in and someone's like what did someone say like oh my god is that the falcon or whatever and like or no did <laughs> Oh, it's black captain america no 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 yeah. the other guy there was somebody says like oh did the government like say or like it, like how long have you been captain america or something or like i it's not the black falcon part but there's another part he's like i'm not i'm captain america i just like right. like corrects the dude i forget what he says but yeah. um but it's cool i i yeah i i thought the whole scene was was great like he definitely like the whole training sequence um in the episode before like is is phenomenal like i think like although that when he does the this one rocky flip, moment yeah. When, he, when he does the one flip in the in, on the road, watch that in slow motion again. That's not Anthony Mackie <laughs> at all. It's, it's very it's very obvious. It's so it's so funny because when he saw the flip, I'm like, wait, I like, I just want to see if that's really him. And then it's like, it looks like the dude's like three feet taller than Mackie and has like a whole bunch of facial hair. I'm like, that's not Mackie. Like, God it, bless his yeah. stunt double. It's a stunt double, but it's it's so funny how they like slow that part down. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's definitely not Maggie. Uh, Hair, what do you think about Falcon's new digs? 
You know, there, there's definitely what I what I would call like that pop moment when he flies through the window with his new, you know, outfit because you kind of see the silhouette of him flying through the sky. And then, he, you know, there's kind of that if we were in the theater, people would be on their feet cheering. Um, you know, it, it's very exciting to see him, you know, finally, you know, take on the mantle and the role as Captain America. And I'm excited to see, you know, where his, you know, how his character progresses. Um, but yeah, definitely some cool moments with him, but uh, very excited to see, you know, what the future holds, you know, that that's where I think some people might have a problem with the show is that they wanted more of this earlier on, you know, and mm. this to kind of be the series of him and Bucky kind of going through, but I really kind of dug, you know, the kind of him struggling, you know, with the role, uh, you know, and wanting to step up as Captain America. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it makes you more invested in the character if it's earned. And, yeah, yeah, like. Steve gave him the shield, sure, but like he didn't tell him to be Captain America or how to be Captain America or anything like that. Um, you know, Falcon kind of had to come to that on his own and see what what America is and how he can best represent it. So um, makes sense. Uh, speaking of which, Cap's speech to the senators I thought was fire. Like that, <laughs> he you know he kind of tore them a new one. And he's like, you know, why are you calling these people terrorists? You know, they, they yeah. want something they're not being represented. And, you know, he was, he wasn't condoning or condemning either side. He was basically telling them, you know, cut out the bipartisanship and work together and, and have your constituents represented, um, you know, without getting too political, I think, uh, you know, that's a great message to have. I'm sure it'll fall on deaf ears, <laughs> but uh, but it's cool that they had that moment in the series. And um, it was it was uh, really like that for me was the defining moment of, OK, he's Captain America now. Like it yeah. wasn't him showing up in the suit or any of the action theatrics or anything like it was him taking a stance and saying, this is what America could be. Let's make it that um, hands. What are your thoughts on that? I, so I watched the finale twice. Um, so the first time I watched it, like I, I felt like I, after coming off that, like the first, like, and the same with like WandaVision, like WandaVision, the first, like that show, like both, both finales end it with like basically like action starting right away. Like, and so like after coming off of that um, and I felt like, and I don't like mean this, like kind of like, like, any kind of wrong. I felt like the speech, like the first, this is the first time I watched it went on a little too long. Like, I feel like it was going to end. And then it started, it was kind of like, felt like how like Lord of the Rings, like the, the return of King ends, like where you <laughs> think the speech is over and then like more kind of goes on and on. So after I watched it, so I watched it the second time and I kind of like, like paid a little closer attention to some of the details, like with the rest of the episode. And I like, it really, I, I think that, you know, without getting too political, I think this was kind of like kind of dialogue that needed to be in a show like this. Mm -hmm. um and to kind of really fire home like a lot of issues that are like kind of like not necessarily happening in, in like a comic book show but like in the real world as well yeah. and and i thought it was really cool like especially um you know i've heard a lot of people say and and this is like kind of a, like unfortunate where they say like they're not interested in seeing sam wilson as captain america and mm. and it's unfortunate to hear that and then but my favorite line of that whole speech like it cracked me up well, when I cracked me up, like it was afterwards when he says, I'm a black man carrying the stars and stripes, but it only cracked me up because Bucky says later, he's like, I was texting. The only thing I heard was a black man in stars and stripes. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. I thought, I thought that was like great timing for that. Um, but I, I think that with, especially with the conversation that the follows with like that he had with Isaiah Bradley and 
I think watching that and then watching this scene, I thought it was real, like a kind of like a message that needed to be told. And it really kind of put that like little, that little bit of the flag smasher storyline gave it some clarity of like, he kind of doesn't make Carly out to be a villain. He makes the politicians out to be a villain. Now I, I, you know, a lot of people like in, in the, in real life, you know, always make arguments say like politicians, like do better. Like you, you should be doing better. You should be doing what, what's good for the people, not what's good for the people that are in the room. Right. Uh, and I, and I thought that was really cool. And especially like you see like some of the struggles throughout the show, but you see the stuff happening in real life where it's just like, I think Sam, it puts Sam in that position of like a lot of us, like if we were ever in a room with, with six or seven of these people, or like senators or whatever, like what would we really say? So right. I thought, I thought it was, I, the second time I watched it, I appreciated it a lot more as, as I was supposed to. Um, mm-hmm. So I, but I, I, like the whole message behind it was, was fantastic. Our thoughts on the speech. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there, you know, as Chris mentioned a little bit, you know, there was a lot of issues with, you know, Anthony Mackie being, you know, used as the next captain America or having a black captain American. I feel like the, that, that, that moment specifically, I felt like they were addressing, you know, some of the fans or some, you know, I wouldn't even call them fans if they have a problem with, you know, just because the, you know, person is black, who's playing Captain America, um, right. you know, of the, kind of reaching out to those people and saying, Hey, you know, the, these are the reasons why he's going to be Captain America um, for, for, you know, and the only thing I think a lot of times, you know, we, as a society use media and use shows like this to be like, this is what we would want to, you know, have conversations with our senators. But in real life, the senators would just walk away and not have time for it. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? I was surprised one of them just didn't try to leave and people were like, no, listen to what he has to say. Um, You know, because sadly, I don't think those, you know, there's, there's a lack of willing to hear voices, you know, like that, but you know, I, I, like you said, Greg, I think it is uh, him kind of taking up that mantle and saying, I'm ready to be Captain America. You know, I'm ready to take on this role. Um, and it was, uh, it was great to see. I mean, you know, it all kind of clicked for him in this, you know, in the previous episode, kind of leading into this episode. But uh, very excited to see Anthony Mackie and, you know, and Sam Wilson's uh, Captain America going forward. Mm-hmm. So we do have, you know, a little bit of extra stuff after this, but for all intents and purposes, that's that's the main bulk of the series wrapped up. Yeah. And, you know, I thought the show wrapped up pretty well. Uh, Har, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, at first I thought the show was going to be similar to Mandalorian where like it's, you know, it's a Bucky and, you know, Sam Wilson kind of adventure. Um, then I thought, you know, we were kind of going to get. I guess, you know, them dealing with this other Captain America and how does that, you know, clash with that? Um, I do, I do think it ended well, I, but I'm excited, you know, for more. Um, I want to mm-hmm. see kind of this relationship because at the end of it, I'm like, dude, I want to see Sam and Bucky, you know, have more heart to hearts. You know, I want to see him hug. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm, I want to see that. So I want to see their relationship. See, see them grow. fix more boats. <laughs> yeah. I want to see them have more, you know, montage moments. Wait, 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 guys, wait. More boats, or you call them more friendships. <laughs> there it is. Another dad joke from the one and all um, hands. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, I, I, um, I think that I think the, you know, while I don't think it is, it was a, you know, I don't think it was as good as WandaVision. And I know that's kind of spoiling a little bit of questions we'll ask later, but um, mm-hmm. I thought, I thought it was well done and I'm excited to see if they'll, if they'll do more, you know, uh, Falcon episodes, um, and you know how that kind of series can grow. Um, I'm actually kind of excited for for that storyline. 
Okay. Hands, uh, you took umbrage with the way this wrapped? Yeah, so I... I, I... Hot takes. Get spicy, baby. No, like, I, I feel like the way like the finale start like and and i've i've made this like complaint i think with wandavision like we don't really know or like our another show like we don't know exactly how like how like the time passes from one scene to another and i feel like there were a lot of deleted scenes to like explain a lot of stuff and i don't like i don't like one of the things like we didn't really talk about john wall like we had like we talked a little bit about john walker but like one of the things i didn't like have I had like kind of a problem with of how his story kind of wrapped up. Now it just was, it was weird because it was like at the end of the last episode, he's basically did like dishonorably discharged. And then he's making his, his own shield out of like, like aluminum walk in the streets in New York. Just like, yeah. Hey, that's and, back again. And he's like, and he's, and he's made like, they lead him up to be like, I actually thought he was going to be like the big like kind of like be the lead villain at the end. Yeah. And then at the at like the last scene, like he walks in, he like yells Carly's name, and then he like basically throws his cheap shield, and then he like gets he gets like starts getting beat up, and and then like Bucky saves him, and I just didn't like that because I'm like at that point from then on like people started like people spent five episodes hating John Walker, and immediately they turn him into like a good like you think he's going to be like a like kind of like a problem he ends up being like such a like a good guy and corny by the end because once they like eventually name him u.s agent he's like a boy scout where he's like so happy and he's just like like he's just like seems like he's like mentally okay like i sorry man like i you just it's just like weird like yeah but that that just goes to show for me that he's unhinged because he vacillates between those emotions so wildly like i i think I think you're right. He he was feeling that in that moment, but he can also turn on a dime and go back to Psycho Walker. I, that's true, I guess. Yeah, and I hope they like. And I hope I, I know he's. They'd be dumb to not use him in the future. Like, and especially like he is part of Thunderbolts, I believe. Right? Is is that? Uh, yeah, he was in Thunderbolts yeah. before. Yeah. yeah. So I think like that would be a really cool like kind of intro, like to bring him back. Um, I like I said, I love the character. I love Wyatt Russell. I just didn't like how they because like at the end, like him and Bucky, like were like like BFFs for like a couple minutes. I'm like, you just tried to kill me like a week ago. <laughs> like you literally tried to cut my head off with a shield, and now mm-hmm. they're all like buddy buddy. And it just like, I just felt like there were a couple scenes that were like I, I would have loved to have seen a scene with John Walker and Sam Wilson because like he even like Sam even says he's like there's people here that hate me because I'm Captain America, and he looks at John. And John kind of like, you know, gives him a nod, like, all right, like you are Captain America, like, you know, but I just, I feel like some of this like stories were like really weirdly wrapped up. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that was one of them. Um, not saying I hated the finale. I, I just, I, I do like it. I just feel like there were some scenes that they might've should have included in. Um, I think the whole like revelation of the power broker was like, it felt rushed and like, like Carly like shoots, like shot like I don't know someone like uh Sharon shoots Carly and then Carly shoots Batrock or the other way like th- like there's like four people get shot at the same time and I don't know who <laughs> shot who and it just I don't know I just thought Rapunzel's it was a little Greedo moment <laughs> it got a little messy it got a little messy towards um like for a couple minutes but other than that like like Harry said I'm I the fact that they just announced like a Captain America four which is like it's going to be with Sam Wilson which is which is great. Um, I, I, lo- I love, yeah, I think they announced it like yesterday or today. Yeah. It's um, new news. Yeah. It's like in development, which is, which is great. Um, whether or not 
if it's going to be, if they're going to get a season two, but we're going to see more of Sam Wilson, which is, which is great. Um, but I just, I, I like, I didn't feel like this was as good as the WandaVision finale. I know Harry, you said you weren't like, kind of didn't think it was as good, but mm. I, I thought I'm not, that's not complaining. Like WandaVision was great. Like a, a fantastic finale. Yeah. This was kind of the same. Like I kind of felt like there were a few missed, like kind of swings and misses, but for the most part, like it, it, it definitely wanted me wanting more like for like these characters. So, and I know like, you know, we're going to see more Zemo. We're going to see more Bucky and Sam, which is, which is good. Um, so, you know, there is a future for them, which is hopeful. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of glad, like part of me is glad they didn't wrap everything up because they still have more stories to tell. And I, I'm sure that that was their plan to yeah. kind of not close everything. Okay. Um, so let's get to some overall questions. Like how did we like the show overall? <laughs> um, I'll start for me. Uh, I thought it was really good. You know, like I, I mentioned, I had a little bit of hesitation after the first episode, but it really picked up for me. And, uh, I thought it was a very, very well done show. Um, so yeah, I, I think they did, uh, as best as they could with that, with the exception of maybe, a little bit of weakness on the flag smashers part, but, uh, but overall I really enjoyed it. Harry, how about you? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard to, to talk about it cause it is a little bit different of a form. You know, we only have WandaVision really to compare. Um, I mean, I think this would be maybe middle tier for me if we had to like do an overall Marvel ranking. Uh, you know, I definitely enjoyed the Sam Bucky stuff. Um, I know we talked about Bucky's humor, but like when he makes that Hobbit reference, about you know it's one of the big three or when sam's talking about it, one of the big three and he's like what are you talking about that's not a thing um and they mentioned the hobbit just like chef's kiss to like cross intersecting <laughs> intersecting everything in my household um in which we care about marvel and, and uh, lord of the rings um but yeah i mean i i felt the show was good i enjoyed like i feel like it had a lot of highs for me like i, I feel as though i enjoyed some of these episodes more than some of the wanda episodes but i definitely feel wanda was the better show um mm -hmm. like i said like i think chris has kind of alluded to a lot with kind of like i felt like it was kind of going in certain directions and kind of pulled back and then they really like that last episode i really was kind of like i said i paused it right after the big you know fight and when everything was kind of done and it was like pretty much like two-thirds to you know half of the episode and i was just kind of like okay, like we're doing the Marvel thing where it's like, we got to have the big action set piece, the fight, you know, that kind of, you know, solves everything instead of, you know, having long conversations about it, which, you know, I'm more of a fan of with that. That's why I really enjoyed episode five a lot. But like I said, I think some of the highs for me were definitely higher than WandaVision, but I felt like WandaVision was the best, uh, the better overall show for it. Mm -hmm. And so what did you think overall and how did it compare to WandaVision for you? So it, it, it's, I, I think that it, you know, they're two very different shows because WandaVision's dealing with like, you know, mystical kind of like the, the dark arts in terms mm -hmm. of like the MCU. And this is more grounded. Um, WandaVision had a lot of like kind of pieces to a puzzle that were like you had to keep finding these pieces and like eventually be put together. I feel like Falcon and Winter Soldier, like they basically gave you the pieces and, and like put, put it like they laid all their pieces out right away and said like pretty much there wasn't there weren't like too many surprises in terms of like other than like the power broker um, and like introducing some characters in terms of um, like Julie Lou Dreyfus and Isaiah Bradley, but there wasn't anything that really like blew me away in terms of like blowing, like, like kind of like, like, you know what I'm talking about? Like 
secrets or anything. Like they, they right. kind of were straightforward with their storyline. Um, but with that being said, like I, I would definitely put WandaVision, I think a little more as an overall show, a little higher than Falcon and Winter <laughs> Soldier. But um, Harry is right. I think there were more, there were better, bigger moments like for me. And like, I loved, I love the relationship more between Bucky and Sam than like Wanda and Vision. I, I just lo- I love like their whole dialogue, their whole relationship where like Sam, I feel like, I feel like Sam hated Bucky, but Bucky never necessarily like hated Sam. It was just like, he wanted to be on his good side, but Sam was kind of just like brushing him off. And I, I think the way like the kind of how it wraps up is like, you kind of have like Bucky found his like new Steve, like for the most part, like his new best friend. Yeah. And right. it's, head- it's heading in and like, we're having, I think it really set up the future of the MCU from having like a dark art standpoint of having like WandaVision had that side. Now we're going to like tackle some realism and eventually they're going to like cross. And like, yeah. I'm really like excited, like, especially with like Loki coming out, you know, we're going to get like a whole different like kind of genre with the MCU and it's wherever it's leading. Um, I know we're going to touch on that in a minute. Like I'm, I'm really excited. Um, I, I guess like if I had to rate this series, I'd give it like an eight out of 10 with WandaVision being like a nine out of 10. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I think the show was more character development um, than WandaVision was necessarily like as an, uh, for all of its characters, I think WandaVision really only focused on the development of Wanda. Right. Um, but I think like Falcon and Winter Soldier had a lot more characters to handle um, in terms of that kind of area, but. Okay. Uh, and for the record, I, I did enjoy WandaVision more as a show. I, if I were rating the two, I think I'd probably give WandaVision like a 9.5 and this may be like an wow. eight. Um, but, uh, but again, outstanding show. And I, I think everybody yeah. should watch it. Um, so based on Captain America and the Winter Soldier and WandaVision, are we excited for Loki? I know, Hans, you mentioned you were. How about you, Hare? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Loki is something. I mean, the trailer dropped, and you know, Owen Wilson. Wow, uh, was uh, <laughs> I forgot he was casted in it um, for a while there because uh, there was not you know much coming from the show. I think it. I think it'll have definitely kind of more of a Wandavision mystical type of element to it. You know, obviously, um, but I think what Lo- I think the show for Loki will do a little bit of answering hopefully some questions of like where was Loki during some things and kind of where was he behind the scenes and what was going on there. So uh, I know that premieres in June. So we got some time to, you know, get and, you know, formulate some more guesses for that, but I believe that's shorter than these two, right? It's only going to be four episodes or something. I think I heard, or I I have no idea. I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'm, you know, maybe I'm just guessing off of something that I heard, but um, I'm sure we'll be talking about that, but yeah, very excited for that show. I mean, I think, you know, one thing I can say is, you know, I'm in it now, you know, I would say early on in my Marvel life, it was just like, you know, whatever, these movies are kind of silly and they don't really do anything. And then you end up watching your 15th Marvel movie and you're like, yeah, I'm kind of invested <laughs> at this point. Um, so it's kind of almost like a bad marriage. Like I'm just kind of in it and, you know, kind of going through the motions a little bit, but um, you know, these two shows, you know, and I think, you know, no pun intended, but like the end of Endgame is like, we're starting something anew. You know, we have this world that we've kind of built and, you know, this is how it's going to continue and grow. And, you know, I hope they continue to challenge us and I hope they continue to kind of, you know, make things more interesting to watch. Um, but, you know, we'll see with that, but very excited for it. Yeah. Uh, likewise, very excited for Loki. Um, the vibes I'm getting from it is kind of like a mix between 
Guardians of the Galaxy with like kind of yeah, offbeat characters and yeah. Ant-Man, where I think this is going to be kind of like a, a heist type scenario where Loki's got to get in. And and I'm just speculating on this, but based on the trailer, yeah. it looked like he's going to have to fix some kind of problems that he might have caused with timelines or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but a cross between those two movies, but very excited for it. Uh, definitely looking forward to Loki. And it's going uh, no, to see like where his like character goes in the MCU. Cause I thought, honestly thought like his story was done after infinity war. And I was kind of happy where his story lined up. Cause I, I, I love the character of Loki, but I, and I don't mean this like any kind of wrong way. Like I, I'm kind of done with him, but I love like, I like, I don't want to see him in love and thunder. Like I really don't because right. he's, he's going to do the same thing he did in Ragnarok where he's just kind of like the, like him and like, I love their relationship with Thor, but I feel like it's something that like, we kind of need to move away from like that formula. Um, I, I'm, I'm really, I like, I love Loki's character. And I think like the way, like from what the trailer released on the show, like it looks like it's, it's pretty much built for Like it's going to be like a really good show for his character, but I hope that Loki's not like going to be like a central figure moving forward in the MCU. Like I would be okay if this doesn't move the MCU forward, like maybe introduce like a bigger character moving forward. But I, I, I hope this doesn't like kind of like set too much in motion. Yeah. For like future yeah. shows and TV. Or well, so it's interesting because uh, Kevin Feige said in an interview that um, out of all the three shows so far, Loki, WandaVision and, uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Um, he he could see Loki being the one that gets a season two. Uh, so I don't know, you know, what that means. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I know what that means, but like in terms of the character, um, I do. I'm kind of with you guys. Like, I'd be okay with Loki wrapping up, or I should say, I'm I'm kind of along the lines with you, hands. Uh, I'd be okay with Loki wrapping up his story in this. Um, I don't need to see him reintroduced again into the MCU. I definitely don't want him in Love and Thunder because he didn't really have anything to do with that storyline in the comics, yeah. like at all. So, um, yeah, just, uh, you know, give me Loki content and his own self-contained thing. If you want to make it, you know, five seasons or whatever. Cool. I'm on board. But like, I don't need to see him in the MCU proper running around again, because similar to you, I, I feel like they've kind of done what they can with him. And it was a great run. Uh, but you know, I don't need more on top of what they've done. I'll, yeah, I was just gonna finalize by saying I, I'd be interested to see if they end this show maybe on a cliffhanger. Like maybe nothing mm. gets you know resolved in Black Widow, but the fact that they don't have something right directly after—I mean, I guess Black Widow is directly after it, but that was a project that was supposed to be before it. I wonder if right. they leave kind of something maybe lingering for us for either Spider-Man or for you know something in 2022. Um, I think that would be really cool and, and something I, I would like to see them do to kind of keep the people guessing for a little while. Yeah. Uh, and then last year we have what is next for these characters? So as we mentioned earlier, uh, Captain of Captain America four being announced um, the showrunners for Captain America and the winter soldier are kind of helming it. Uh, I don't know if they're, I think they're writing. I don't think directing. Um, yeah. yeah. Just so writing from what I'm I, I, yeah, just writing. So I'm assuming, you know, that's where we're going to see all of these characters and probably the, the loose threads with the power broker and all that stuff tie up. Um, I'm on board for more cap, you know, no matter who's wearing the mantle. Absolutely. Well, maybe not John Walker, but <laughs> um, hands. What do you think? You, uh, you excited for cap four? Oh, I am. Yeah. And I think there's, you know, Captain America is such a, like a crazy, like, excuse me, history. Like I, and there's a lot of villains that haven't like 
either have been used and haven't been um, like kind of used properly. Like I would love to see like a red skull again, like kind of stuff like that. Like, even though his, yeah. his relationship mainly is with Steve Rogers, not Sam Wilson. Um, but I mean, like we have Zemo that's going to be kind of still around. Um, I, I hope that, you know, Bucky's going to be in Captain America four. I would almost guarantee it. Um, you know, and I, and I think as a whole, like as the MCU, like where, like I, like I said before, like WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier are, well, Captain America and Winter Soldier are going to basically like at one point converge. And, and I think it kind of sets up like Val sets up perfectly where she says, like, I think as like, she was speaking as the writer saying like, things are about to get weird when she tells John Walker. And I, I, I'm, I think there's a lot of like with her relationship with Nick Fury. And I think that, I think, and I talked, I kind of had like a, a discussion with myself the other day about this was like, I think this is all leading with secret invasion coming. I think that the mm. next Avenger, I think the next Avengers movie is going to be secret wars. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I think that, cause I know with Nick Fury, like they're going to, and they get, they want to have um, Val as a bigger character. I think that like, I, I would even think like, I even thought like Sharon, Sharon Carter might even be a scroll um, like that kind of stuff. Like I, I think there's a lot of, potential going forward with the mcu and i and i would you know i think that's a possibility but we'll see right, cap four you on board oh 100 um i hope you know i kind of i would say i'm more interested in like you know where bucky kind of goes from here as well um you know what kind of julia louis dreyfus is uh you know, Contessa is kind of like those little kind of, you know, where, where, what Zemo going to do. But I think, you know, kind of one thing we talked a lot about was kind of these gray lines where like, is this person on a good side or a villain? You know, we mentioned Sharon Carter with like her coming back to the States and being welcomed back in, but she's calling some random person being like, now we have access to these weapons. Um, I think technology is going to play a big role. Like if this takes place before Spider-Man, like even with Spider-Man, there was so much, like with the uh, the drones and how they were used by um, what's his face? I can't think of Jake Gyllenhaal's Mysterio. Thank you. I couldn't think of the character. Um, so like I think these kind of gray lines and kind of you know who are these people and what what role are they playing and whose side are they on? You know, Secret Invasion. I know nothing about it, but I imagine that it's a secret that this invasion is happening. Um, but I think that's actually the Nick Fury show. So maybe Secret Wars. Whatever. There, there's definitely secrets. Like that's in you know <laughs> definitely that's what I could say. Um, so I think the 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 gray line is definitely going to be towed a lot with uh, these going through. And luckily, we have Captain America here to kind of keep us on the straight and narrow. Absolutely. Well, folks, that is it for our show. Thank you so much whoop, whoop. for joining us. Um, you know, as always, uh, be sure to like, share, subscribe, comment, leave us a review on iTunes, all that good stuff. Um as far as other stuff going on, I've got a new Papa Spice challenge that I'll be filming this week. That'll be dropping sometime this week, um, most likely on Friday. Uh, big announcement for our next show of Hot Takes. Uh, we're going to be doing video game movies in honor of the new Mortal Kombat coming out. So we'll be touching base on that as well as uh, all the live action video game movies uh, or most of them anyway and our thoughts on them. Um so that's pretty much all I had. Hands, you got anything for the peeps? Not yet, but uh, just keep an eye out on Reddit. I'm going to be starting a John Walker fan page. So <laughs> when I make that, please please join and leave some comments below. Well done, sir. And Harry, anything for the peeps? 
Yeah, I was going to say with uh, with that statement from Hans, he will no longer be welcome in my household uh, because my <laughs> wife will not allow that. Um, also, uh, Greg didn't mention what he's going to be doing for his challenge. He's going to be eating fire. So that'll be pretty cool. Um, he's just going to be ingesting fire. But um, no, what I have for the people is uh, they'll probably this will be boasted after the Oscars, which are this Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. We're recording, obviously, before that. So hopefully looking to see Daniel Kaluuya win, um, hoping to see, you know, wins for Judas and the Black Messiah and things. Um, a couple other movies, uh, Minari, The Father and Sound of Metal. Sound of Metal is probably one of the, my favorite movies this year. If you haven't had a chance to check it out, go go see it. I don't think it's going to get a lot of love uh, this Oscar season, but um, I think uh, it's it's one of the best movies that I saw in 2020. So I would highly suggest that. So, um, but yeah, Daniel Kaluuya for uh, for supporting actor there for that. So definitely look out for that. He's he's one of the best actors out there right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Was it, well, was, with- was was that directed by? Uh, <laughs> Brian Bogdanovich, uh, Peter Bogdanovich. Peter, no, it wasn't ah. no, it's okay. You sound like an idiot now. Crickets. I don't. So, yeah, Oof, that was a uh, that was Peter. a bomb. Peter, you're thinking, that was, yeah, that's, that was that's yeah. a shout way that back. Was, that was a that was a <laughs> bomb. Oh, I'm sad. That... Go listen to what was that? Our okay. director's episode. That was our di- that, <laughs> that was, was a, our director's episode. That I was a yes. that was a car crash yeah. of a joke. No, you know what? It no. wasn't our director's episode. It was our uh, comedies one where comedies. we talked about our oh, yeah, that's right. comedies. Where you had lots well, of movies so. that weren't actually. Listen, comedies. if you two listen, if we do an episode <laughs> where like you guys are forced to watch something, you guys are definitely being forced to watch one of those two movies they and were. come here and tell me that you didn't enjoy it and have a great time. That joke wasn't a comedy. No, well, it was a tragedy. It was was an attempt. Uh, All right. With that said, thank you, everybody, again, for joining us. We'll see you in two weeks. And everybody, as always, live spicy. Spicy.